grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied abundantly unto you all through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, before we get into the text today, I feel the need to answer the question, why are we reading these old stories and why on earth do they have to, what do they have to do with us? Well, you heard from St. Paul's letter to Timothy, how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So this book we call the Bible, which contains the old stories that teach us about our salvation through Jesus Christ, that he suffered, died, and rose again to forgive our sins and to give us eternal life. And then Paul goes on to say that all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So let me just say this about the book of Genesis. It's going to point us to Jesus Christ and teach us how we should then live out our lives as we journey towards the promised land, our promised land of eternal life with him. Genesis is not just about what has happened. It's about what always happens, and that is comforting for us today. So that when something happens in the world or in our personal lives, we can say, hmm, others have been there and done that. And more importantly, God has been with them through it. Think about it. Is God still creating today? Yeah, my 10th grandchild was recently created. He is here today. Are people still getting married like in Genesis? Yes. Are people still disobeying God? Yes. Are people still hiding in shame when they do wrong? Yes. Are people still jealous like Cain? And do people still use violence to solve their problems? Are families still dysfunctional like Abraham's, Isaac, and Jacob's? Is God still faithful to his children? The answer is yes, and I could give you so many more examples. We can learn from them. And here is one we are going to talk about today. Are people, us, still wrestling with God? And the answer is yes. Now, a couple of things to remember when studying Genesis. Moses wrote this likely when he was leading the children of Israel through the desert 40 years in the wilderness on their way to the promised land. It was a hopeless time in their history. And we would say, looking at our world today and some of the things that we are experiencing, 
and surveys tell us that a lot of people are struggling with hope today. People are not thriving. They're just surviving. And in our surviving, we often find ourselves wrestling with God. So I'm going to read for you now, quickly, Genesis chapter 32, and then we're going to talk about the story of wrestling with Jacob. But I want you to hear this story of the background and how it came about. Genesis 32. Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, This is God's camp. So he called the name of that place Mehameim. And Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, in the land of Seir, the country of Edom, instructing them, Thus you shall say to my lord Esau, Thus says your servant Jacob, I have sojourned with Laban and stayed until now. I have oxen, donkeys, flocks, male servants, and female servants. I have sent to tell my lord in order that I may find favor in your sight. And the messengers returned to Jacob, saying, We came to your brother Esau, and he is coming to meet you. There are 400 men with him. Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. He divided the people who were with him and the flocks and herds and camels into two camps, thinking, if Esau comes to the one camp and attacks it, then the camp that is left will escape. And Jacob said, and listen to this beautiful prayer, it's the longest one in, in Genesis. O God of my father Abraham, and God of my father Isaac, O Lord who said to me, return to your country and to your kindred, that I may do you good. I am not worthy of the least of all the deeds of steadfast love and all the faithfulness that you have shown to your servant, for with only my staff I crossed this Jordan, and now I have become two camps. Please deliver me from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, that he may come and attack me and the mothers with the children." But you said, I will surely do you good and make your offspring as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. So he stayed there the night, and from what he had with him, he took a present for his brother Esau, 200 female goats, 20 male goats, 200 ewes, 20 rams, 30 milking camels and their calves, 40 cows, 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys, and ten male donkeys. These he handed over to his servant, every herd by itself, and said to his servants, Pass on ahead of me, and put a space between herd and herd. He instructed the first. When Esau, my brother, meets you and asks you, To whom do these belong? Where are you going? And whose are these ahead of you? Then you shall say, They belong to your servant Jacob. They are a present sent to my Lord Esau. And moreover, he is behind us. He likewise instructed the second and the third and all who followed the herds. You shall say the same thing to Esau when you find him. And you shall say, moreover, your servant Jacob is behind us. For he thought, 
I may appease him and the present that goes ahead of me, and afterward I shall see his face. Perhaps he will accept me. So the present passed on ahead of him, and he himself stayed that night in the camp. Now Jacob, we're going to talk about wrestling with Jacob. <clears throat> Jacob is almost ready to enter the promised land. Just like us, we're almost ready to enter heaven. And we find Jacob wrestling with God in the dark. It says the same night, he's all alone in the desert in the dark. He's got his family and possessions out of harm's way. He is alone in the dark. And we often feel all alone in the dark during our times of wrestling. And it says, a man. Can you imagine how scary this was? It's dark, it's the middle of the night, and some dude shows up to fight him. And who do you think Jacob thought it was? Probably Esau, his brother, who 20 years ago swore to kill him. How many of you have ever been in a fight, a wrestling match, combat sport, boxing, or a hockey brawl? How exhausting is it? The Bible says they wrestled all night. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. So he crippled Jacob. Then he said, let me go, for the day is broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, which means deceiver, but Israel, which means wrestles with God. For you have striven with God and with men. And there's the big line. You have striven with God and men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, which means the face of God. He's met God face to face. And many scholars believe that who Jacob wrestled with that night was probably none other than Jesus Christ, the God-man. And that's what might have happened here. I've seen God face to face, yet my life has been delivered. And the Bible says the sun rose up as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the people of Israel, and to this very day, the Orthodox Jews, do not eat the sinew of the thigh that is on the hip socket because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip on the sinew of the thigh. A couple of things. If you've been following the story in Genesis, Jacob deceived his brother Esau, tricked him out of his birthright, and then stole his family blessing. And Esau wanted to kill Jacob. That was about 20 years prior. So Jacob flees, flees to his mother's brother Laban. That's where he met his wives. And Laban abused Jacob and took advantage of him for 20 years. 
And after 20 years, God told Jacob, it's time for you to go home. God's got plans for Jacob. And Jacob obeys God, but he's afraid because the last time he saw his brother Esau, Esau wanted to kill him. So Jacob prays that beautiful prayer that you heard earlier, humbly begging God to protect him from Esau. And guess what happens? Jacob's prayer is answered, and then some. God shows up in the middle of the night and wrestles with Jacob. And if you keep reading, God not only softened Esau's heart, but blessed Jacob with a country and a people that are named after him. So here's what happens, a couple of things. Number one, strength is built through hardship and resistance. This is true physically. Physical training builds strength through resistance. We actually call it resistance training. And what is true physically is true emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. So what Jacob here is doing, he's finding his pain threshold. The level of your leadership is the exact same as the level of your pain tolerance. If you want to lead more, you need to endure more. And so for him to lead the nation of Israel, to have the 12th son born, to launch the 12 tribes, to bring about the rest of the Old Testament, to raise up the Levitical priesthood from one of his sons, to have his people build the temple so that Jesus could come as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it's going to hurt. Because evil people are going to do everything they can to stop and thwart the plan of God. So resistance builds strength. And today, you just need to look at Ukraine. And then you can take a look at our culture. Are we strong culture? Or are we weak? Previous generations went through world wars. We've gone through a pandemic. Are we going to come out stronger or weaker? No resistance equals no strength. No resistance equals no character. No resistance equals no leadership. Jacob, remember, was the soft son. But 20 years under Laban toughened him up, and he comes back mature. Not perfect, but there is hope. Some people ask, if this man that Jacob wrestled with is Jesus, couldn't Jesus have easily have taken Jacob? I mean, Jacob is a senior citizen now. He's like about 100 years old. And of course Jesus could prevail against Jacob. But let me explain this. You fathers who have sons, or if you remember your own father, you remember when you were a son, you know when your boys are growing up, they need rough play. And what they're trying to figure out when they play with their father is 
how strong am I? I mean, the strongest person that I know is dad. So they're trying to measure their strength against dad. And their hope one day is to be stronger than dad. And dad's goal is that that day never comes. <laughs> so what a good dad does, he meets the strength of the child with his tempered strength to give them resistance without destroying them, but it strengthens them. God's a father. We're his kids. And sometimes you're like, man, I'm really having to push through this time in my life right now. And God's like, I know. And you're getting stronger. Well, God, why don't you just come and take care of it for me and make it all go away? And he's like, because I need you to get stronger. Because what's coming next for you is going to require more strength than you previously had. And I'm not punishing you. I'm preparing you. And oh boy, I have learned this lesson this past year. So ultimately, Jesus, at the end, he touches him and cripples Jacob. And Jesus changes his name. And this is significant. You were Jacob, means trickster, deceiver, con man. You're now Israel, which means you have enough courage. You'll actually wrestle with God. And let me tell you this. If you're able to wrestle with God, then you're able to wrestle with anybody. And sometimes the change in a person's life is so significant that God literally renames them. Think about this. Some of you were enemies of God. Couldn't care less about him. And now God calls you friend. Some of you were orphaned and God's adopted you. He now calls you son or daughter. Abraham became Abraham. Sarai became Sarah. Jacob becomes Israel. And later Cephas becomes Peter. And Saul becomes Paul. When God really sees a transformation inside of you, he speaks a new name over you. And so this name Israel, it gets mentioned 1,800 times in the Bible. It's a big deal. Jacob gets a whole country named after him. And that country is going to need to be strong. It's going to need to survive because the Messiah is going to come from its lineage. And if you read a little deeper into this fascinating book, you will read in the book of Romans that the real descendants of Israel are descendants not by blood, but by faith. And they are the Christians. And they are us. So Jacob's been wrestling his whole life. He's wrestled with his brother Esau since the womb. He wrestled with and he tricked his dad. And then he wrestled with his uncle Laban for 20 years, being deceived and taken advantage of. 
And Jesus shows up and says, actually, this whole time, you've been wrestling with me. Your whole life, you're ultimately wrestling, fighting, battling God. God's ultimately in control, isn't he? And here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that God made Esau hate Jacob. I'm not saying that God made Laban abuse Jacob. But I am saying that God used Esau and Laban to strengthen Jacob so that then he could bless Jacob and bring him into a new level of leadership. And maybe, just maybe, the people and things that have hurt you or who are hurting you even now, the people and things that have attacked you or are attacking you, and the people and things that you are struggling with that are absolutely exhausting you, maybe God is using them to strengthen you so that you'll be pre prepared for the next season that he has for you. That's the story of Jacob. Now let me say it this way. There's a lot of ways to wrestle with God. Some of you are wrestling physically. I don't know what my body or why my body is my enemy. I don't know why I'm sick. And some of you are wrestling emotionally. You're like, I'm not doing good. I'm not doing well right now. And some of you are wrestling mentally. You're like, I'm struggling to be a healthy person, but I, I just can't. And some of you are struggling spiritually. You're like, God, are you there? Do you care? See, everybody's got their dark night where they're wrestling. And the blessing is this. It's when Jacob walks away. So ultimately, does Jacob walk away from the fight? Yeah, he does. So that means you're going to live through it. It's going to hurt. How does Jacob walk away? He doesn't run away. He's not really excited and skipping away. He's limping away. And sometimes when you wrestle through your dark night, you will walk away, but maybe you're going to limp for the rest of your life. And maybe that's a gift to you because it humbles you, okay? What's happening to me? I do need the Lord every single day to guide my steps. And it gives you wisdom. Okay, Jacob's got to be careful how, how he walks and where he steps. I got to be careful where I step and how I live. And then it's going to maybe give you gratitude. You know what? Jacob could have thought it could have been a lot worse. And sometimes when we go through struggles and we come out the other side, we look back and say, you know, it could have been worse. 
Mentally, emotionally, spiritually, most people find their breaking point before they do physically. Here Jacob finds his breaking point, and God moves it. You can handle more than you think. You can go further than you anticipated. You're not alone in your battles. And sometimes you have to be alone. And the good news is you're still not even alone when you are alone. God is always with you. Through Jacob and Jacob's son, Judah, and his descendants, comes this guy by the name of Jesus. And Jesus spent the night, think about this, in the dark, wrestling with God, just like Jacob. He was going to the cross, and he was going to die for our sins. That the wrath of God would be poured on the Son of God so that we could receive the grace of God and become the sons of God. Jesus took our place so he could put us in his place. The wrestling in the dark is to prepare you for the next season in your life. And that season will be the hardest thing you've ever been through, but God will use it for his glory and the greatest good for your soul. I'm sorry for what you're going through, whatever it might be. And I certainly don't ever want to make light of it. But I'm encouraging you in your times of wrestling. Don't waste that time. Don't run away from it. Wrestle through it. Find God's will and know this. No matter how dark it is, or how much it truly in fact does hurt, you're not alone. And that ultimately you're wrestling with God who's not punishing you, but preparing you for the next season of perhaps leadership and blessing. Amen. I ask you to bow your heads in prayer. Father, thanks for a chance to look at a guy's life who's a lot like us, not even close to perfect, sinful through and through as we are, and weak. But we appreciate Jacob saying, I'm afraid. And God, we've all been there. And some of us are there right now, not knowing what the future in this life has in store for us. And God, as he was looking forward, all he saw was his end. And so he looked up, and he prayed, and I pray that now we would do the same. I thank you that he stopped to pray, and now we stop in the busyness of our life to pray and to worship you. Thank you, God, that Genesis is not just about what happened, but about what always happens, and you teach us. And Jesus, thank you for staying up all night. Thank you for wrestling in the dark. Thank you for walking in obedience to the cross so there could be salvation for us. And thank you that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. And as we wrestle in the dark, sometimes in our lives, you're always there to lead us and guide us, and you're going to use it to prepare us 
for the blessings that you have for us on the other side. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, oh, what a beautiful song we get to sing. And, uh, well, this brings back memories, and I love this version of it, so we're going to sing, I Have a Father, He Knows My Name. 